Hello everyone, thank you for joining us for another installation of Season 2 of the Loden Sports Outlier Sessions. My name is Matt Pajak, co-founder of Loden Sports. Before we get started, quick plug on what Loden Sports is. We are the affordable human performance data provider. If you're interested in learning more about how we benchmark athletic development, inform athlete health and readiness, and identify outliers, visit our website at www.lodensports.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loden Sports and read our blog, which is also available through our website. I also want to throw a shout out to our friends at Yellow Box Macaroons, the first unofficial sponsor of the Loden Sports Outlier Sessions. If you're a fan of sweet treats, their hand curated coconut macaroons are a must. Continuing on the tradition of Jackie Weiss, Yellow Box Macaroons is the most delicious box of macaroons in the world. If you don't like coconut or macaroons, that's on you. Find your next box on www.yellowboxmacaroons.com or on Instagram at yellowboxmacaroons. The Outlier Sessions have been created as a way to bruise a gap and create a connection between the aspiring and the achieving. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, today's guest for the Loden Sports Outlier Session is actually the uh, subject of our blog from August. It is Outlier High School Athlete Zion Rose. He's down at IMG Academy right now. Uh, he's from Chicago. He's coming off a summer where he was seemingly everywhere. North Carolina, California, Arizona, Florida, most recently Massachusetts. Uh, Zion, hopefully you're able to settle in a little bit now that the fall is getting started here. Thanks for hopping on with us. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're looking forward to learning more about your journey and kind of your experience traveling the country this past summer. Uh, before we do that, let's get into a, a few quick hitters, just kind of break the ice a little bit. All right, so native of Chicago, White Sox or Cubs? Cubs. I get a lot of hate because I'm from the South Side. The South Side is known to be the White Sox, but I'm Cubs all day. That's crazy. That's crazy. Cubs. Friendly confines. Uh, all right. Lou Malnati's, Giordano's, or never deep dish? Um, Always deep dish, first of all. <clears throat> uh. Lou Maldonis, for sure. My mom likes Giordano's more, but I don't know. Something about that crust on the Lou Maldonis pizza gets me. Anytime I go to Chicago or Arizona, it's always Lou Maldonis. Oh, no. Gotcha. Yep. Had me at the first bite. <laughs> Love it. All right. Chicago Bears. Is Justin Fields the guy to take the Bears back to the playoffs? Um, Honestly, I don't watch football. I watch it sometimes. My brother's a big football fan. So based off of what I hear from him, because he likes to talk to me about it a lot, I think it's the coaching staff. Yeah. Need a yeah. That's fair. You can you can blame Mitch Trubisky for the past couple of years, but once you start having a couple of different quarterbacks in there, yeah. Might be the but, coaching staff. Um, Karan, throw. I mean, still healthy. So he might he might be that guy for us. Yeah, got to get him an offensive line, though. <laughs> got to protect him. All right. Most popular footwear choice in Chicago right now? Uh, Nike. I'm not going to lie, though. My, my dad has a lot of Adidas. I don't know where he gets these Adidas from. I think my uncle got a hookup back in Arizona. He just sends him, like, suitcases of Adidas shoes. So, in our household, it's Adidas right now. But I think all around Chicago is Nike. Well, you're about to be an Under Armour guy down there at IMG. 
I'm rocking with the Under Armour. It feels good, actually. Like, the shoes feel great. Yeah. Um, the, re the only reason why I ask this question is because I've been seeing Crocs everywhere. Um, and then the Yeezy slides. I guess foam shoes are in right now. Yeah, <laughs> because I left my slides at the house. And, like, I wear my slides to school. I wear my slides. I wear my slides in the shower, to bed. <laughs> all right uh chicago under the radar food spot under the radar i don't know if it's under the radar but definitely hog wild they're quick with their food and it's it's amazing me and my grandpa go all the time we get the steak sandwich ribeye steak sandwich 20 bucks i'm telling as soon as you order it the table before you even get there and it's a bomb they got these portobello mushrooms on there with these onions oh fire sounds like you know how to eat <laughs> you said it's hog wild yep hog wild all right putting that one in my notebook <laughs> I did. all right let's roll into uh some development related questions here uh long-term athlete development ltad that's something that's very important to us at loading sports so naturally we're going to get started here with a few of our signature LTAG questions. Uh, so before we get into anything else, emotional well-being. It's important. Gratitude is an important part of emotional well-being and, and kind of showing gratitude on a day-to-day -day basis. Zion, what are three things that you're grateful for today? Um, number one, for sure, my support system. My family, mom, dad, brother, grandpa. I got a, I got a great support system. Without them, I definitely wouldn't be where I am now. You know, they keep me pushing, motivated, you know, keep me mentally healthy. So uh, I definitely love them for that. I give them gratitude. <clears throat> Next, I got baseball. Not why I'm doing it all, but it's definitely a big part of my motivation. I'm trying to get better every day. You know, baseball is a hard sport to play and to perfect, even at that. Nobody's going to perfect it, so... I think that's why I like it so much because it's just like I'm getting better at it every day. And lastly, I got uh, God. I think it's important to have like a faith system. You know, I've been trying to build my relationship with them and get closer with them every day. I think it uh, keeps my moral system right and keeps me going. Awesome. I'm going to hit you with three. I do this every day, uh, and I've been doing this every day for going on over four years now. So, um, I try and think of three new things every day. So if these seem a little obscure, it's, it's probably ones that I've never said before. Cool. <laughs> uh, one, it's that time of year where you don't need the AC or the heat in North Carolina, which is really nice. Right. Cause I got a loud heater and, uh, it's also nice to not have the AC on. So, um, when the temperature is just right in the apartment, <laughs> Uh, two playoff baseball, we're about a week away and playoff baseball is just different. And it feels like for some reason, this regular season is dragging on a little bit. Yeah. I'm ready to see these guys go. Yeah. And then, uh, the last one's a quality roof. And I really thought about that with the hurricane. Um, we didn't get it too bad here. We got a little bit of wind, a little bit of rain, but we don't really think about the roof, you know, when it rains or. In your case, you know, Chicago snows, anything like that. Even when it's windy, it's like, 
yeah. the quality roof. You don't even think about those things, you know? Right. So anyway. I like them. Yeah. All right. Second LTAC question. Uh, this is about ignition. So ignition is what keeps the fire lit for the young athlete um, to want to continue to play their sport. Kind of, you know, what got them into their sport to begin with. It could be a moment that you watched. It could be a family member. It could be an athlete. It could be a number of different things. Um, for you, kind of what was that moment or, you know, who was that person that ignited you to take interest in the game of baseball? I think it was those two things that really like get going. It was early on, I played for a team called the Westingwood Tigers. And we had uh, not a strict coach, but just on us all the time. And a lot of people like will like start to hate the game after getting so much pressure and things like that. But like, him and my brother and all the coaches on that staff were just honest, honest, honest. And I don't know. I just, I like that. Um, I just feel like they care. And if you push, I'm, I'm that type of guy that, like, you can push me, push me, push me all the way. And then once I fall, I'll get back up and do it again. Like, there's no, like, uh, I can't take it no more. Like, I like that stuff. And then I think my freshman year, before that, I was kind of, I was caught up in all the ranking. I was ranked higher, whatever. And mind you, we're freshmen. Like, nobody's hit their all the way full growth, foot, growth spurts or nothing. And I just thought I was the guy or whatever. I was just going through the game, not, like, putting in 100% effort the whole time. And at the time, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just, you know, playing the game. But I had got hurt, and I had to sit out for almost seven months. And I really dig deep into, like, like the the how much the back end of the game, not just playing the game, just like the game all around. And I noticed, like, I really love this, and without it, like, I'm just sitting at the house. And I, I felt empty, you know. So from that point on, I told myself, like, every practice, every game, anything that has to do with baseball, just anything in life in general, I'm going to give my 100% effort, you know. And at the end of the day, I feel good doing that. That's awesome. It sounds like you're pretty well intrinsically motivated. Yeah. All right. Oh. All right let's, uh, let's talk about sleep. I know we mentioned it before we went live here but something that we all need that has so many benefits, you know, whether you're an athlete or you're not recovery, right. learning, whatever it may be, what's your relationship like with sleep? Um, I have a good, uh, uh, go to sleep probably around 11, 12, wake up at like seven. I know I'm supposed to get like eight or nine, but different every day. I don't know. My body just, kind of go to sleep when I can. Um, but I know it's definitely important, and I'm trying to do more. It's, right now, I, I have so much stuff I got to do in the day. It's hard to get to bed right at 10 o'clock, you know, 30. Um, but it's definitely and super important, and I learned that coming here because before I came here, I was going to sleep probably around 1-ish, 2-ish, and started catching up to me quick. 
going to practice and stuff. So, uh, oh yeah, it's definitely super important. Yeah, you can't be going to bed at one or two o'clock and getting up at eight and expecting your body to be where you want it to be when you hop in the weight room or get in the classroom or get out on the practice field. So, but that's yeah. that's being in the dorm though. Like you don't have you got minimal distra- uh, distractions, so I'm able to do what I got to do and just hop right in my bed. You got to take advantage of being young. You sleep better when you're young as you get older. It's like you start to lose the ability to sleep eight, nine hours. And then before you know it, you end up like my grandpa. Right. Shout out to my grandpa. He he gets two, three hour bursts of sleep a night. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he sleeps for three hours and then he said he has to get up and walk around a little bit. Then he gets three more hours and then he gets out. <laughs> I like my dad. My dad could go to sleep 13 hours during the day. You wake up, you go back to sleep. So. <laughs> oh, no. Good for him. <laughs> I want to be able to sleep like that. Uh, All right. You were everywhere this summer. Yeah. Team USA, uh, a number of MLB events, area codes, PG All-American, most recently the Future Star Series. I saw you were up there. Uh, you played with the best high school players in the country. Let's talk about those experiences a little bit. Yeah. Uh, one, how is your body feeling right now? And at any point, did it feel like too much or did you feel like your body held up pretty well through all the travel, the games and the hotel beds? Uh, it's one of those things where, like, you know, 100% every day. Like, you'll start off like that, but as time goes on, of course, you're going to get a little bit tired. But I never felt physically drained. drained. I think definitely moments during the summer while I was mentally drained where like I just couldn't take it not couldn't take it but just needed like that one two day rest just to get me back in a flow but I was never like just 100% physically like I can't go play baseball today yeah it's a grind um I did a project a couple of years ago and I actually tracked where all the top prospects would go over the course of the summer you know, starting with their hometown, where they're from, and then kind of tracked all the different events. I mapped out all the air travel. They were traveling more on average week to week during the three months of summer than big leaguers were. Um, so that's, you probably had a similar experience because nothing's changed. If anything, it's gotten more congested and there's there's more events out there for you. But, um, you know, you also don't have the benefit of a dedicated staff to make sure that, you know, your body's holding up and all that. So the responsibility goes on you. The responsibility kind of goes back on the parents. A lot of you guys end up coming out of that, you know, rising senior summer uh, pretty beat up. It's a meat grinder. It's weird. Like, like you said, it like gets congested. I feel like going from event to event, I mean, just like repetitive. I mean, I know that's how it is, but like, you know, a few years ago, it's like, all right, make all American, like, that's dope. Make, USA is dope, but now I just I feel like it's a lot, a lot, a lot. That's why I had to shut down on a few more events uh, in the next like, month, month and a half. So, yeah. If you had to go back and do it all again, would you do as many events as you did? Yeah, they're dope, though. <laughs> I think I did on the events, and I think I. I didn't 
but I mean, you got you got to travel, you got to see all kinds of things you probably never saw before. I mean, I'm complaining. This summer was this summer was lit. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, uh, who was your favorite player you were around this summer, and then who do you think will make the best pro? And it doesn't have to be the same uh, uh, player for both. I think the best player overall, not overall, but to me, has that like right now that baseball mentality. Like his dog is uh, a goober, Kevin, Kevin McGonigal. I think I, first time I seen him, I was like, this kid's a beast. Like, just like how he talks about the game, when you watch him play, it's like focused every play. I just I, I love his gameplay all around. Um. Well, I think make the best pro though. I'll give that to Walker Jenkins. I think, I think he's gonna be on a real grind this this next few months coming up into that spring. Um, again, another guy that just talks like a pro uh, all throughout the summer. Uh, just super small headed. You know, he doesn't think too much of himself, but he still has that confidence in himself. So, I really, I really like him for that. That's awesome. He's the uh, he's from North Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he was on what Team USA as an underclassman, and then he might have been a little beat up this summer. Yeah, he got his hand hurt, so yep. that's why I said he he's gonna be on the ride. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's got some pretty loud tools. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, all right, let's let's hop on over to the mound now who's the best arm that you caught being that you're a catcher and uh best arm that you faced in the batter's box all right i feel like every time i match up with dylan quest we're just like money i think one time at tampa he went two innings and had like six or seven k's i think he had a i don't know what happened i might have messed it up I might have missed the block and threw it away, but they're dotting up inside, outside, high, wet, breaking ball, snapping, tanked up, working. Area coach, three and had like six, six Ks, I think. He won the picture of uh, area coach. So he's a, he's a dog on the mound. I don't know. Every time we get together, it's just like chemistry is crazy. And best pitch I faced, probably Probably uh, Noble, Noble Meyer. I seen him at Area Code one time. I caught him too, but it looked different when you hit him because it's like he comes from behind you, like his slider behind you. So the slider breaks. I couldn't even see the slider. I could see the fastball a little bit. It's just, it starts from behind me and just shoots out his hand. So on the best pitch, I think. Yeah, I've seen that dude throw, um, and it's it's a whippy arm. Yeah, you can tell that there's some athleticism there. <laughs> we'll get into athleticism in a little bit because I think you know a thing or two about that. But uh, let's keep going with the the experiences past summer. There's a a lot of former big leaguers that hang out around the big amateur events in the summertime, and it's a great way to kind of link generations of the game. Uh, it's something that I've always appreciated about the the high school summer showcase circuit. Did you meet anyone this summer that's been around the game for a long time who made an impression on you? Definitely. 
It was actually at uh, Fenway. Uh, we were we were working all the for the my team. Our catching coach was Danny Ardoin, and okay. calling the bigs for eight years. And I've been trying to figure out the right positioning. Like I used to look at MLB catchers catch, and they just look so fluent and easy. But their stance, I could tell all their stances were kind of light. And I've been trying to figure out that stance for like ever. So I finally bought it up to him and do it like right before the game. And it just, I was sticking balls easy, super smooth. Transfers felt smoother, throwdowns felt easier. So I definitely, he definitely had one of the biggest impacts on me this summer. Uh, I really appreciate him for that. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, it's, it's always nice when, you know, you get to go play at Fenway, but it's a nice little added bonus when you get to be around someone who's been around the game like that and uh, can help you get to that that next notch in your game, whatever it may be. Um, very cool. Almost lost some mic there. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see. Any scouts you want to shout out? Scouts? Yeah, any scouts you ran into this summer that you're like, oh, man, I like this guy. Uh, oh, I gotta get this. Lonzo Wright, the Boston Boston Red Sox, uh, area scout for the Midwest, and he's been like we talk all the time. I'm his uh, directors, and I do like a VP session for him. He, he's super dope, though. Like, after one of the sessions, we're uh, me and my brother chilling with him, talking for like an hour, hour and a half about the draft. A lot. His perspective on so it, was, it was really cool. Yeah, believe it or not, <laughs> I've known Zoe for five or six years now. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. That guy's uh, he's a special human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stay in touch with him because, uh, you know, he's he's about as good as they come and it's not always easy to find those types of people. So <laughs> all right. Uh give us a rundown of the different ballparks you played in the summer and which one was your favorite and why. Okay, we got Tampa, Chase Field, Arizona, uh Brave Stadium, Dodgers, Boston. And Dodgers was close, but I don't know. It's just like the vibe in Boston is crazy. You can walk and just feel it. Uh, I don't know if it's the history that's been there or what, but like as soon as you walk into Boston, it's just like different. As soon as you walk on the field, you just feel a burst of energy. And I, I got the same feeling. As yeah, it was just something about Boston. I don't know. Yeah, it's, so I grew up in Massachusetts, uh, so I grew up going to Fenway, going to Red Sox games. Um, I, I hear you. When you walk in, it's it's not like any other feeling that I've gotten going to any other ballpark. Um, but this is going to be a little controversial. My favorite ballpark to go watch a game in is actually Dodger Stadium. <laughs> I really like the backdrop there. you got the mountains. and Yeah, it's, it's really close, 
I was basing my off like the energy level though, less than the, the sight. The sight Dodgers got it probably, but like I mean that's cool. You have to play in five big league parks this summer. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to know Zion on the baseball field a little bit. When did you start catching, and how did that come to be? Because a lot of times, especially at younger ages, a coach isn't going to push one of their most athletic players to the catcher position. Uh, it's kind of ironic that you say that because my coach actually did push me. To be a catcher, it was uh, I tell the story all the time. It was one day our catcher didn't show didn't show up, and I I used to be like a big football player, so I was always down. I was a linebacker and running back, so I was always down like in this position. He's like, dying. you're always down. Uh, it's a physical position, like you might like it. Right, went back there. Started catching, and I fell in love with it, and I just I I don't know I like being over the game, being in the game. I feel like when I'm in the outfield, it's just you know, I just I don't appreciate it as much as when I'm behind the plate catching. Yeah, you really get an opportunity to, you know, kind of be in it on every pitch, obviously, because you gotta. Um, but then also kind of command the field a little bit. It's a very unique position that I think like the average fan watching the game doesn't fully appreciate is how much you need to be in control of what's going on on the field. Um, I don't know. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, I can tell you firsthand from having evaluated thousands of athletes over the past, you know, five, six, seven years, and a lot of the top catchers that, you know, obviously you coming out, seeing your data, coming out as a load in 10, it's uh, you know, across all levels of baseball right now, professional and college and whatever else, you're probably one of the top, you know, three or four most athletic catchers in all of baseball, in the, you know, in the world right now, which is pretty insane to think about. Um, so yeah, it's kind of cool that you're behind the plate, and I'm sure that that's not going to go unnoticed when the draft comes around, um, because it's it's kind of rare that you get a catcher with that much athleticism. So very cool. All right. Uh, you grew up in Chicago. We went over that. You attended Brother Rice for the past three years, which is a well-known prep on the south side of Chicago. Uh, and then you've transferred to IMG Academy, repping it loud and proud right now, down in Florida for your senior year. Talk about how the opportunity presented itself and what all went into that decision uh, and how has the transition been so far? Um. It was a hard decision. Um, I felt like I needed more training and like to smooth out my baseball game overall. And it was, it was definitely a hard decision to leave my family, not only my actual family, but my brother Rice family. Um, they were super good to me all three years. Uh, but it's just, it was, it was, Best decision for my career. I got everything, every workout that I need in one central location, um, schooling in one central location, you know. So I think it was just the best decision for my career overall. Um, it was a super smooth transition. I got down here, we, we go started Monday and been on the grind since. So it, it, it's been super cool. 
It's good. I'm sure you're not going to miss the uh, the wind and the cold in the sun, uh, in the winter time. I was just up there for last week because of the hurricane. It's already getting chilly. That's how I know it's going to be a bad bad winter for them. Yeah, you don't need the beanie down in Florida. <laughs> Maybe for like a week in January. What? You need the beanie for like a week in January down in Florida. All right. We at Loden Sports have seen that raw athleticism, power, quickness, speed raises the ceiling for athletes regardless of the sport. With the data you provided us, as we went over before, we're able to unearth that you're a significant outlier, a Loden 10, and you guys can check out that uh, blog on our website, loadinsports.com slash blog, and just find the one that says 10 with a picture of Zion Rose on there. Uh, and this isn't just for your age. This is for all elite athletes out there, position or sport. You're truly a unique athlete. Talk about the importance of being an athlete on a baseball field and how you feel your athleticism impacts your game. Um, it's super important to be an athlete. Athletes play, I mean, but I think uh, my athleticism definitely gives me uh, an advantage in this game. Like you said, you don't see no fast catchers, and I think that's one of the, the, the abilities that I have that separates me from a lot of people. Um, I don't think that I have a lot of good tools and not a lot of major weaknesses but I don't think I have a lot of great tools. And that was another reason why this is a big move for me, just to make those tools even better. So, uh, yeah, I'm thankful for my athleticism. And now I'm just trying to make less raw and more all-around talent. It's all in there. You just got to unlock it now. That's all. That's all I'm happy for. That's it. When was the first time you did something, and it might have been on a baseball field, it might have been in a different sport, where you were kind of like, oh, that's that's a little different than everybody else. What you mean, like? Like, when was the first time that you did something? Maybe it was in gym class, you know, me, wherever it might have been where you're like, oh, I don't think anyone else here could have done what I just did there. I think I think it was my jumping. You know, it's weird. Like, my long jump is crazy. Like, I could long jump maybe 11 and 12. I don't know if that's good, but I know the kids in my old gym class couldn't do that. And... I cannot – I've rim grazed on dunking. I can't I can't dunk for real. But, like, jumping distance, I can do that. I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. I, I, like, I get right there, and I lose the ball every time. So Yeah, you got to you gotta keep trying it. One day you'll get there. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's talk about current MLB happenings as we get to the end of the season here. I'm not sure how much you watch the MLB game, and I hope it's more than uh, most of your peers. But uh, there's a couple things going on right now that are worth talking about. Albert Pujols just hit his 700th career home run. Do you think we'll ever see another player get there? And if so, who? I seen this question. I took note. So I said I looked up the home run, like where where the uh, rankings are right now. Yep. Mike Trout's at 348, and I was thinking he still has a guarantee, what, 10 years in his contract or something around there, nine years. 
I was thinking if he stays on track with what he's doing, he's going to have to pick it up a little bit. But I think he might be the next 700. And then Aaron Judge gets a big contract, keeps hitting 60, 50 a year. He might be able to he might be able to get that. Aaron Judge got to stay healthy. They both got to stay healthy, though, because they get injured midseason and then they're out. So they stay healthy. I think I think they both got a chance. I think it's it's a tough it's a tough one to think about because Mike Trout's got to hit 35 home runs a year for the next 10 years up to his age 40 season. I mean, people don't realize how difficult it is to get to that 700 number. I didn't think about it either until like I seen it. I was like, hmm, 700 is like crazy. It was like A Rod got close. And then it's like, even what Miguel Cabrera has done, and like, obviously he's not anywhere near 700 home runs, but go look at his stats. And it's like, you really think about it. I I don't know. A lot of people, I don't think fully appreciate like some of these guys that are at the back end of their career. Like we might not see anybody get anywhere close to some of their numbers for a long time. What's that? Um, 35 home runs for 20 years? No, for 10 more years for Mike Trout. No, in general, you'll have to hit 35 for 20 years. For 20 years. Get seven hundred, but if you get in the league at 18, 20 years, you're thirty eight. So it's like that's yeah. the biggest thing going against Aaron Judge is like Aaron Judge hits a lot of home runs, but he's already thirty years old, and I don't even know if he's got two hundred career home runs. Nope. That's part of like going to college and then like taking your time coming up through the minor leagues, and then <laughs> you know. So I don't know. It's it's crazy, but Albert Pujol seven hundred home runs. I'm glad he got there because we knew it was going to be close. 702. 702. Yeah, yeah. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> awesome. All right. You, you mentioned Aaron Judge. He's had a remarkable year. He's chasing Roger Maris for the single-season home run record. Uh, four games left as of the recording of this podcast, uh, and he's one home run away. What are your thoughts on this? Obviously, Barry Bonds hit 73. Mark McGuire hit over 65 twice. Uh, Sammy Sosa with your Chicago Cubs hit over 63 three times in the context of all of it. What are your thoughts on records from the steroid era? Farron Judge got 62. Would you view him as the record holder for most home runs in a single season? Okay. I say right now, Aaron Judge has nuts to do it without steroids. But on the other hand, I say to use steroids, you still got to hit the ball, like, still got to make contact with the ball and it's still got to go. So um, I definitely wouldn't view him as the leader still. I don't know. I just – I feel like with steroids, you still got to touch the ball, and that's what I stand on. I mean, it's it was part of the game back then, you know, is it whether you like it or not, steroids were part of the game. People were doing it. MLB wasn't testing for it at the time to a place where they were catching any of them. They were kind of just letting it happen. You know, keep in mind the pitchers were on steroids too. So, you know, it's kind of like an era of the game. You know, the, the past couple of years, the MLB game, we've seen a lot more home runs. A lot of people say it's because of the ball. This year, all of a sudden, there was a power outage, especially early in the season. They're saying they changed the ball again. So many different variables in the game over the past, you know, 20 years. You could go all the way back to the, the beginning of baseball. Every, you know, so often there's a new variable. You could even talk about the optimization of pitchers over the past 
five to 10 years. Like a lot of these pitchers are throwing stuff that they wouldn't have figured out on their own without using some kind of rap soda or whatever else. So Frisbees are throwing like, I don't think people really know how hard it is. Like right now for me, it's not completely hard, but it's hard. And I'm not even seeing no nasty, nasty stuff. Like I can't imagine it in the MLB when they got five pitches moving this way, that way down. Like there's nothing. It's crazy. So, you know, it's respect Aaron Judge for what he's done this year. Um, but re- respect to Barry Bonds for hitting 73 in a season, you know? So, they, they, was it proven that Barry Bonds was on steroids? I don't think that it. there was ever officially, like, he got – I don't think he ever got caught. Because I don't think, you know, he never admitted to it. And the guy that supposedly supplied him never got caught. So – you know, I mean, it's, it's speculation. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of in that at that time. You know, so many other guys have either admitted to it or got caught. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. If you were the one guy who wasn't, you know, the one guy who never gets accused, and I'm not accusing him, but I'm just saying, like, you know, he's All right. You think like they're, they're, they're accusing Barry Bonds. No one ever accused Ken Griffey Jr., and that leads me to believe that Ken Griffey Jr. is clean, you know? You think he should be in the Hall of Fame, Barry Bonds? Oh, yeah. You think he ever will? I think it's be like disqualified being in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think he uh, – I think this was the last year he was eligible. So, yeah, he'll never be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, my favorite hitter of all time that I grew up watching with the Red Sox, Manny Ramirez. I think Manny Ramirez is one of the greatest hitters that baseball's ever seen. Uh, Barry Bonds is probably the greatest, you know, up there with Ted Williams, left-handed hitter the game's ever seen. And those guys aren't going to be in the Hall of Fame, but Pete, Pete, Pete. yep, <laughs> your great great uncle. <laughs> oh man! All right, who's your favorite player in the game today, and why? Uh, I fell in love with Wilson Contreras' game. Uh, of course, Yadi. Yadi's like a a goat. But I just feel like too far away for me to relate to him all the way. I just feel like Wilson Contreras' game, I can relate to a lot right now. He's energetic, um, always giving his best. He's a demon behind the plate. Actually, when I think of like an athlete behind the plate, it's like him. Like He runs hard. He hits for power, contact, gap to gap, catches great games. So, definitely an athlete behind there. That's awesome. That's cool that you got a pretty good catcher up in Chicago on your favorite team. Right. You know, because there aren't a ton of, not a ton of great catchers out there right now. At least not a ton of fun ones to watch. But, um, Yeah, and then to your point, Yachty's basically a grandpa at this point. He's <laughs> he's going to manage Team Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic. Really? Yep, he's already announced that he's going to do that. So he's done playing, and he's ready to be a manager. I think he'll be a really cool manager. Super. I bet he's super cool. Yeah, someday he might be your manager. That'd be cool with everybody. <laughs> be all right with that. All right, I'm not going to keep you much longer. Uh, but before we go, what are your personal goals for this coming year? You talked about how IMG is a is a big year for you, and there's a lot of different things you can accomplish there. You got any goals? 
I'm glad you said that because that was one of my big things last year. I didn't think it was going to work, but I had writing a book to write down your goals in the mirror. And you could like look at it every day without even knowing. And it's just in your brain. So uh, I kind of did that and I knocked off every goal except make Team USA. So this year I kind of upped my goals a little bit uh, just because why not, you know, if I don't hit them, it's cool because I didn't pass the limits I think I did. So goals for 2022, 2023. I got to do something every day to get better, gain more confidence in my game, catch more barrels, hit 650 average, no pass balls, bring 100% effort, win a national championship, become very flexible, be one-on-one -one in the draft, trust God's plan. And one of the motives I got is like uh, get gold every day, like be the best. So like anybody, like all the catchers that I work with, I try to be better than them, but not like to put them down, to make them better too, you know? Um, I am him. That's just one of my self-confidence like boosters. And then I finish it with like a a, a prayer kind of saying, not a prayer, but like just a saying. It says, I ask not for divine power, but more riches, but more wisdom with which to accept and use wisely. The riches I receive at birth in the form of the power to control and direct my mind to what I want and what I desire. That's my plan. 2022, 2023. You got to dial in. Yeah, I'm like that. You just got to you gotta add to that. Get your eight. Make sure you get your eight hours of sleep every night. <laughs> got to put that on there. <laughs> Definitely don't get that. That is awesome. That yeah. is awesome. Uh, Zion, thanks for taking the time to hop on with us. Uh, great learning more about your story. Great learning about you know all your adventures this past summer. Uh, you got big things ahead. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Yes, sir. Um, get more flexible. <laughs> got to, got to stretch out. Too got, got to stretch out. Work on that hip flexibility. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't miss that one, but definitely look forward to following your journey uh, this coming spring and leading up to the draft. And uh, best of luck with everything. Thank you, thank you for the interview. It's a great interview. Sure, absolutely. Cool. Talk to you later. That'll do it for this episode of the Loden Sports Outlier Sessions. Thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to continuing to bring you the brightest and most engaging guests from within the Loden Sports Network. 
To stay on top of what or who is coming next, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports. Whether you enjoyed this episode on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, please like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends, and we'll see you next time.